Kate McClellan, pro wedding planner with over 16 years of experience helping more than 400 couples down the aisle. I started Planning Collective to help all couples get through the overwhelm of wedding planning by sharing my actionable tips and tools that I've used over the years working with my clients. We'll focus on getting rid of what I like to call FOWO, the fear of wedding oversight. This is an unfortunate condition that almost every couple will suffer from at some point. Let's get you back to enjoying the planning process. Here we go. Hey guys, Kate here. Welcome back to another episode of the Wedding Planning Collective podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about two wedding-related events that typically don't get much attention, but are the first and final wedding experience for most of your guests, the wedding rehearsal and the post-wedding brunch. Let's get started with the rehearsal, which I'll point out means the ceremony rehearsal, not just the dinner. It's super common for couples to focus on the dinner component and skip over the actual ceremony rehearsal details. While both are important, let's start by discussing the ceremony rehearsal and why that is important for even the simplest of ceremonies. The first question many couples will ask is, do you need to have a ceremony rehearsal? When I get asked this question, the one thing I always point out is that though they may have spent the last year or so planning the details of the wedding, their family and wedding party members are most likely in the dark about many of the seemingly small details. While the ceremony may seem pretty straightforward to you, it's likely that your wedding party might be a bit nervous about their role. Many of them have probably not stepped foot in the church either, so they're having a hard time picturing what and where they're supposed to do on the wedding day. In addition to that, a bunch of questions always come up at the rehearsal that you've probably not thought of yet. Some common examples are, where will either side of the wedding party be staged during the 30 minutes or so before the ceremony begins, but while the guests are arriving? Where do the ring bearer and flower girl go once they've made it down the aisle? How many chairs or pews do you need reserved in the first couple of rows for immediate family? If you have ushers, where will they stand? And are they to serve a more traditional role by escorting women to their seats or simply hand out programs and let people know what rows are reserved? Where does the wedding party need to stand during the ceremony to make sure that they are even for photos? And finally, where do you go once you're down the aisle after you're married? It might sound silly, but most couples haven't thought about this either. They get to the end of the aisle at the rehearsal and think, okay, now where do we go? The answer, by the way, is usually to a private room to sign the license. Hopefully I have you convinced that even a quick rehearsal will be beneficial. Now let's talk about when you should have your wedding rehearsal. This really depends on the ceremony venue and how they schedule rehearsals. Most commonly, it's going to be the day before the wedding, but I'm definitely a fan of having a day in between if possible. Your venue may give you a choice of dates, but don't stress if the only time they have available doesn't work for you or the majority of your wedding party that would need to be there. There are a few venues that we work with regularly that have many events Thursdays through Sunday, and they can only offer rehearsal times on Tuesday and Wednesday afternoon. While this might work for some, if you or a majority of your wedding party are not local, it can be next to impossible to make that happen. In this case, we'll have a wedding ceremony rehearsal off-site, and let me walk you through how that works. Typically, if the actual venue isn't available for the rehearsal, we'll meet at the rehearsal dinner location about 30 to 45 minutes prior to the rest of the guests arriving, or before the dinner is actually scheduled. We'll go through the processional order, the pertinent details to the ceremony, such as cues for readers, the rings, and any other prompts everyone else there would need to know, and answer any 
questions that the wedding party might have. Then, prior to the ceremony on the wedding day, I try to make sure that the wedding party all has a chance to see the ceremony location and ask any questions that they may have after seeing the space. It may not be ideal, but for most couples, it's a better option than an early week rehearsal without most of the wedding party or family in attendance. Speaking of, who should be invited to the rehearsal? You should invite anyone that's walking in the processional, so the officiant, grandparents, parents, anyone participating in the ceremony, like readers or speakers, or anyone assisting with religious or cultural services, like communion, and the entire wedding party, of course. If you are going right from the rehearsal to the dinner, it's not uncommon for significant others to also attend the rehearsal, though it's not necessary for them to be at the ceremony component. Typically at a religious institution, the pastor, priest, rabbi, or other officiant will not attend the rehearsal. If you have a friend or family member that will be your officiant, I definitely recommend they attend to make sure everybody is on the same page. So let's talk about who runs the rehearsal. It's really important that you have someone outside of your family or wedding party that will help lead you through the rehearsal that will also be there on the wedding day itself. If you're at a religious institution, they will most likely have a church or temple coordinator that will walk you through everything. Word of warning, don't mess with the church coordinator. They take their role very seriously. If you're not at a religious institution, I would ask the venue coordinator who will run the rehearsal. If they don't provide that service, I highly recommend that you have a day of coordinator that can help you with this. It can be very challenging to round everyone up and answer all the last minute questions, and you don't want all of that on your shoulders at the rehearsal. You could also ask your officiant if they have someone to help with this role, if they will in fact be at the rehearsal themselves, though it isn't very common. If you're looking for help in how you create a processional order, check out episode 23 where we talk about different wedding-related worksheets you need to go over, and I outline how you come up with that processional order in that episode. Okay, let's talk about how long the wedding rehearsal will last. This is another question that the answer really depends on where your wedding ceremony will be at. Before we get into that though, let's chat about the inevitable late start time for rehearsals. I would guess that 90% of our rehearsals don't actually start until about 10 to 20 minutes after the scheduled time. The rehearsal is often the first event for the weekend, and it's often on a Thursday or Friday afternoon. People are dealing with getting off of work, rush hour traffic, and maybe even traveling from the airport if they're out of town. So people are often coming in right on the nose, everyone saying their hellos for the first time, and so we don't want people to feel too rushed by jumping right into it as soon as people walk in the door. So give yourself a little bit of a buffer time, if you have the ability to do so. The good news is the actual ceremony rehearsal shouldn't take more than 20 to 30 minutes if you're having it outside of a church or temple. So if you plan for a full hour for the rehearsal, that gives you about 15 minutes or so while everyone's arriving and saying their hellos, about 30 minutes or so for the rehearsal, and another 15 minutes on the back end as people continue to chat and catch up. The piece on the end always happens too, unless you have a church coordinator that is chasing you out the door. Now, talking about the timing, if we are at a religious institution, the same buffer time at the beginning and end still tends to be necessary, but you'll most likely find that the coordinator will start after just a few minutes, regardless of whether everyone is there or not. This is good because the rehearsal itself will typically take longer as there are usually many more details for the service to review. 
Some will go through the entirety of the ceremony and others will stick more to the highlights. You should plan on about an hour and 15 minutes plus some drive time for rehearsal in this case when planning out your dinner reservations. Okay, we've been talking about rehearsals for how long now and we're only just getting to the dinner component. The dinner is what most people think about when referring to a wedding rehearsal and it should definitely be more fun than the rehearsal itself. Let's go over a few main things to consider when planning the dinner portion of your wedding rehearsal. Number one, the location. I always encourage couples to pick a convenient location to either the church or the hotel for the rehearsal dinner. Keeping it simple will also help keep your sanity stay in check as you go into the wedding weekend. Hotel restaurants or banquet rooms are a perfect choice or a restaurant that's within walking distance from the hotel or ceremony location. I encourage using restaurants for the dinner so that all you need to do is make the reservation and pick the menu. Some couples are tempted to host a dinner at their home or maybe their parents' home, which is a lovely thought. However, keep in mind that hosting even a small dinner party at home involves a lot of prep and moving pieces. Think hard about whether that's something you or your family wants to take on with all of the other details that are going to be happening the wedding weekend. My advice is the same for a post-wedding brunch being hosted at home, but we'll get to that topic in just a minute. Let's talk about who is invited to the rehearsal dinner. If we're trying to keep the guest list as small as possible, the rehearsal dinner should include anyone that is participating in the actual rehearsal. If the space and budget allows, it's also nice to invite the significant others of those in the wedding party and family members that are participating. If you have any guests that are traveling to attend your wedding, it's a nice gesture to suggest some things for them to do while they are in town. Again, if space and budget allows, inviting them to the rehearsal dinner is a really nice touch. However, if you'd like to keep the dinner more intimate, you can keep the guest list to those participating in the ceremony and let everyone else know where you will be headed afterwards if they'd like to join you for a cocktail. That keeps the cost down and the dinner attendance to the wedding party and immediate family, but you can still have an opportunity to hang out with everyone later in the evening. So what happens at a rehearsal dinner? Is there any kind of agenda? This can be really simple. I give you permission to not have an agenda at all for your rehearsal dinner. It can be all about just hanging out with your family and friends and getting the celebration started. That said, there are two main things that will commonly happen at a rehearsal dinner, outside of the eating and drinking, of course, and those are toasts or speeches and giving family and wedding party their thank you gifts. According to the tradition, the groom's parents are the hosts for the rehearsal dinner. Knowing that we are fully capable of tossing tradition out the window these days, this may or may not be the case for your rehearsal. Whoever would be considered the host of the event would typically give a toast at the dinner. Additionally, if your roster of toast givers for the wedding day itself is getting pretty lengthy, I recommend that you have a couple of those speakers say something at the rehearsal dinner instead to make sure that the wedding day toasts don't go on for too long. The rehearsal dinner is also a perfect time if you have a slideshow of photos or anything that might be a lengthy toast or story. This group is going to be your closer group of friends and family, so it's an appropriate time for something that might be a little bit more personal than a toast on the wedding day. Most couples will give a thank you gift to their wedding party and parents at the rehearsal. If there's anyone else that has been a great help or support in the wedding planning, it's also nice to give them a little thank you at this time. 
doesn't have to be anything too crazy or over the top. You can get the same item for everyone or personalize each person's gift based on their likes and your relationship. But again, the rehearsal is a great time to do this, especially if it's something you'd like them to have with them on the wedding day, like jewelry for the girls or maybe matching flasks for the guys. Okay, I think we've covered just about everything when it comes to rehearsals and rehearsal dinners. Let's talk a little bit about the post-wedding brunch. So this is definitely very optional. I would say maybe 40% of our couples will host a brunch the day after the wedding. It's a really nice way to say goodbye to your guests one last time before they head home, especially if you have a lot of -of out-of-town guests that have a travel day ahead of them. A few helpful tips while you are planning your post-wedding brunch. Just like the rehearsal dinner, a convenient location is key probably even more so when you are stumbling out of bed after a very long and most likely late night. If you have a hotel block, see if they have any on-site options for your brunch. It's much easier to hop in an elevator to get to the brunch than worrying about packing up, checking out, and then heading to a separate location for brunch. Most couples will choose to do an open house style brunch that runs for about two to three hours. This way guests can come as they are getting up and moving or heading out to get home. The venue can help you pick a nice breakfast buffet option that they can continue to refresh throughout the morning. Do keep in mind though that your guests will expect to see you and your new spouse there. So when you are choosing the start time, make sure that it is a time you will be able to get there by. If your wedding goes until midnight and then you're planning on an after party until 2 or 3 a.m., I don't recommend starting the brunch at, say, 8 a.m. The most common time frame we see for a post-wedding brunch is probably 10 a.m. to 12 noon, but you know your guests best. If you anticipate a relatively early night, starting at 8 or 9 a.m. might be ideal. If you have a partying crowd, an 11 or even 12 o'clock start time might be better. One final brunch tip is to ask your florist if it's possible to repurpose some of the wedding centerpieces for the brunch. You'll typically have big round tables set up for the brunch, and while centerpieces are definitely not necessary, it's a nice way to reuse the florals from the day before. You'll most likely have to put someone in charge of getting them at the end of the wedding night and possibly return the containers they are in to the florist after the wedding. So those are some of my tips for putting together your rehearsal, your rehearsal dinner, and your post-wedding brunch. I would love to hear what you have planned. Are you hosting a rehearsal and a rehearsal dinner? Are you on the fence about whether or not you need to have a rehearsal? Do you have questions about what to do for your rehearsal and the dinner? I would love to hear all of your thoughts and questions, and you can find me over at the Wedding Planning Collective Facebook group, where we'll have a great discussion going about these items over there. In the meantime, if you found this episode helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could leave a quick review. It would mean the world to me, and it would help other couples find the wedding planning tips and tools they need. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I will see you in the next episode.